Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hello, Dr. Ellen Reed. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting. I'm so grateful to have you here today. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, you betcha. And we are totally happy to have you here today. As I said briefly, just before we got started, during this time and after the pandemic, I know people might be feeling a bit uncertain, maybe unfocused out there, not really feeling in their body. And you have written a wonderful book called Relentless Solution Focus. It's to really help people build that mental toughness so they can get through any crisis situation or any challenges that come up in life. And you are the co-author of this book, but share what caused you to write it. How did that come about? Yes. Yes. So Relentless Solution Focus, is a, it's a unique process that my colleague, Dr. Jason Self, developed. Um, now, Jason spent years working with and studying some of the most highly successful people to walk the planet. And what he found through working with all of these seemingly superhuman individuals is that they all possessed sort of these, these qualities that allowed them to kind of conquer adversity and reach these levels of success. And what he found as that common thread was their ability to stay focused on solutions. Again, especially in the face of adversity, which we're all, we're all facing right now. Mm-hmm. And so Jason developed this training plan that we do with our clients on a daily basis. And it, it basically trains people how to develop mental toughness. Mm-hmm. So what's important here is that anyone can develop this. Anyone can do this. You know, I I think we see these examples, we see these stories, these documentaries, or these feats of human accomplishment, and we assume that these people are kind of superheroes, right? Mm -hmm. But anyone can learn this. Well, what did we find out through connecting with these people? Do they have something that's different than most people, or do they acclimate themselves to wanting to do these things naturally or did they just decide hey I'm just gonna be more focused how did that work out for them yeah yeah so they are able to when I say they I mean people that possess these amazing levels of mental toughness they're able to move from problems to solutions faster so very simply relentless solution focus is the mind's ability to stay focused on solutions especially in the face of adversity. So again, the, the most successful, the happiest people in life seem to have a way of directing their thoughts to solutions where the rest of us, <laughs> those of us who are normal, really have a tendency to focus on the problems first. So this is called problem-centric thought. All of us are wired for this. So we tend to really hone in on and focus in on the problems our mistakes that we make, our shortcomings first and foremost. And we also really have a tendency, most of us, to really overlook what we're doing well and overlook our successes. And this really wreaks havoc on people's performance, on their happiness. Um, And so, again, for whatever reason, you know, some of us are born with it, but it's a very small minority, but the rest of us can learn it. So that's what exactly what our process does is it teaches people exactly how to retrain their brains. And that's exactly what it requires. It requires training to develop these mental toughness fundamentals to be able to get their minds to solutions much more quickly. 
This is fascinating for me, uh, Dr. Ellen Reed, because my mentor always says, hey, when you bring a problem to me, I want to hear it once, and then you're never to talk about it Yes. We only talk about the end result, what we're going to get, or, you know, what we're trying to achieve. Nothing about the problem anymore. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No buts. Leave it on the table. But it it seems really, really hard to let it go. You want to just keep dwelling on it, and it's like, no, put it down. Why yes. is it so hard to let go of the problem? What is that and about? That's our, and that's exactly, you're exactly right. And that's our nature. You know, think about it from an evolutionary standpoint, right? So it was important to our survival as a species that we were able to see the bear running at us through the woods or spot those poisonous berries on the bush, right? So it was important that we were able to spot problems very quickly. But now that our resources are much more plentiful and our environments are much more stable, this problem-centric thought really causes us to underperform because we get so consumed with problems. And the problem with this is that when we are focused on our problems, we make our problems worse. And here's why. Yes, exactly. So there's a theory in psychology called expectancy theory. Now, expectancy theory is the basis behind most of the fundamentals that Dr. Jason Selk has developed. And expectancy theory states that that which you focus on expands. Mm. So when we're focused on the problem, which is normal for us, it's going to make the problem bigger in our minds and oftentimes in reality. You know, think about, think about when you are driving home from work. Um, well, now a lot of us are working from home, but think about the end of your work day when you've done 99 things right in a day and one thing less than perfectly. You know, what's the one thing on your mind on that drive home or at the end of your day? You know, for most normal people, it's going to be that one imperfection. Yeah. And the more we focus on that one imperfection, the, the worse we feel about ourselves, right? The harder that is on our self-confidence. And, and here's the other kicker, that self-confidence is the number one variable for performance. So we talk about self-confidence a lot with our clients. And we talk about self-confidence a lot in the book because it is so crucially important to your performance and we're just not wired to do a very good job of developing our self-confidence on our own so Mm -hmm. we've got to learn to retrain our brains in a way that's going to allow us to focus on solutions Mm -hmm. and focus on our strengths and what we have that's going to allow us to perform to our potential this is fascinating. I have a couple people that I know that operate in that, that zone of, you know, I'm all about the end result and creating what I want, not focusing on any blips or problems. Um, but what's interesting is I'll see people that look at them go, well, look at them. They're, 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 they're not seeing reality. Yes. Yeah, yes, and you'll yes, get a yes, lot yes. of that. Well, and I was doing that working with my mentors. Like, I would just focus on, okay, I don't have the money to put on this this event. Well, I'm just going to put on the event. I'm going to move forward, take the steps, and then we'll work it out. And it worked out. But the thing is, people are like, well, maybe you should just wait. You know, you get this. You're yes. not being realistic. Yes. How do you work yes. with that when you get Yes, and I'm so glad you said that because I think that's something that a lot of people probably think when they first hear about this. And it's not about putting on rose-colored glasses right? It's not about turning a blind eye or failing to recognize the problems in the world, right? Mm -hmm. It's important that we recognize the problems in the world. What Relentless Solution Focus is about is getting to the solution much more quickly. Mm -hmm. So in the book, we talk about the 60-second rule. The 
60 second rule where you gotta turn your mind from the problem to a potential solution within 60 seconds. And here's why that's so important. Because remember that expectancy theory, that which you focus on expands. So when your mind goes to the problem, it's gonna want to really focus on that and like you did that, that hand mo motion, that's exactly it. We make our problems bigger. We get so consumed in them that it becomes very difficult for us to even get to the solution side at all. So getting to, following that 60 second rule, gives you enough time to recognize that you're focused on a problem to begin with because that's oftentimes very hard for us too we're often very good at recognizing when other people are focused on problems or complaining or whatever that looks like but a lot of times it's harder for us to self-assess so 60 seconds is enough time to allow you to recognize that you're focused on a problem kind of get enough understanding of the problem to then be able to put down a potential solution, something that's just going to improve your situation by one, one iota, one solution. You don't need perfection. You don't need to solve the entirety of the situation. You've just got to get one step forward in that 60 seconds. Mm. And let me give, if I can give everybody listening to this one tool and something that I hope everyone out there will write down because this is going to be, this is going to be the key. What is one thing I can do that could help make this better? So within that 60 seconds, we call this the relentless solution focus tool in the book, but what's important is what is one thing I can do that could help make this better. Mm -hmm. You can't just tell yourself, okay, I'm going to start thinking about solutions now, or I'm going to be positive, or I'm going to let it go, right? Mm -hmm. We've all tried that. You know, that being positive kind of notion is not anything new. We've all heard this notion before. So we've got to have something concrete to be able to direct our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So your concrete tool to do that is this RSF tool. And again, let me say it one more time. What is one thing I can do that could help make this better? That's the question that you ask yourself within that 60 seconds to try to get something on the board, something on the solution side of things, something on the solution side of your brain. And if that one thing that you came up with doesn't work, no problem. Just ask the question again. If that doesn't work, no problem. Just ask the question again. This is where the relentless part comes into play. You've got to be relentless about continuing to ask that question until you get a solution that kind of sticks or moves your problem far enough along that then you can take the next step and then the next step. Yeah. I love that you bring this up, Dr. Reed, because it's interesting. The events thing I was talking about many, many years ago, I was trying to put on, um, I had no way to do it. So then I just said, Let's, what's the first thing I can do? And I said, okay, I can call every school and church in my area and see if they'll let me borrow their space. Did yes. that. Yeah. That didn't work. Okay. What's the next thing I could do? I start talking to friends and saying, do you have any places I could use? Maybe a big apartment, your lobby, whatever. And a lot of my friends were doing, well, maybe you need to be realistic and look right. at this at a later time. Well, one friend said, let's just go out for coffee and we'll mastermind about it. We're going out for coffee. We walked past a place I used to go and do a book study at that is an event space, but rather small. But I said, I haven't been here in about 10 years. Let me just pop up and say hi. And they had just reopened. They had been renovating. They're trying to get people into the space. And they said, hey, we haven't seen you in a million years. They said, hey, here's what I'm going to be doing soon. And I need a place for 50 people, but I don't have any money right now. And they're like, we know you. We trust you. We'll give you a room. You can pay us the day of the event. Good. Amazing. By the beginning of that day to the end Amazing. of that day, I had what I needed. Yes. 
But it, it's that, you know, it's amazing because if I had just listened to the first voice or just the first couple yeah. of people saying, that's insane, let it go, you're not, it's not, it's not a good time. Yes, and that's relentlessness. Mm -hmm. And that is so much harder to do than a lot of us may think. And that's such a great example. That's such a great example. And, you know, most people would probably give up after one or two failed solutions. That's normal, right? But it's the relentlessness. It's continuing to ask again, continuing to try just one more time, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where that question that was one thing I can do that could make this better puts you back in control. It puts you back in control of your life. It puts you back in, in control of your problems. And that's, you know, people feel out of control right now. You know, this is a difficult time. Mm -hmm. And you know, what Relentless Solution Focus does is it gives people back control over their lives. And it's a, it's a very simple process. And that's what, you know, that's really what I believe has a lot to do with its effectiveness. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple process, but that doesn't mean it's easy, right? And that's where the training really comes into play. So we've got some stuff outlined, a couple tools outlined in the book that, you know, takes you through retraining your mind so that this relentless solution focus becomes your norm. Because if you're yeah. not retraining your, your mind, if you're not using the brain's neuroplasticity, its ability to mold itself through training, then you're going to default back to that problem centric thought. Yeah. And, and can we talk a little bit, here's something that's come up for me in the past or even still comes up today, which is you will have a problem and you'll think of a solution that's not quite what you want, but you're like, add something and you go with it as a, a means to settle because you feel like I just want the problem to go away. And, and for me, a couple of years ago, it was taking on a consulting gig that I just walked into this place and everyone looked miserable and I, yeah. and they were going to offer me a lot of money. And I was just like, Oh man, this would make my money problems go away real quick. Yes. But I'm yes. saying my everything in my guts telling me this yes. would be really, really bad. Um, yes. What do you say to that okay. when people might? Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that example, and I love how you said, you know, your gut told you, right? And so we all have built into us a biological alarm system. Okay, a system that tells us that something about you, something on your mind is, is focused on a problem. And that's any time we experience any negative emotion. So stress, anxiety, anger, guilt, fear, something in your gut told you something doesn't feel right about this, right? And so a lot of times, I said this earlier, that we have a hard time self-assessing when we are focused on a problem or when there is something that's just not quite right. Mm -hmm. And But we have this fail-safe cue, and that's any negative emotion, which is exactly what you are experiencing. And you may not have even been able to like be cognizant of what exactly is it, but you felt it. Yeah. And so on some level, your brain was telling your body something isn't right here. And mm -hmm. your body doesn't feel anything unless your brain tells it to. We may not always be consciously aware of what we're thinking at the time, but we always are aware of how we're feeling. Mm -hmm. So that's the first. So we, we've broken down this relentless solution focus into three steps. And the first of the three steps is to recognize, to recognize when you're focused on a problem. And the way you do that is is by listening to that alarm system, listening to those negative emotions. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, that's interesting because I'll, I'll talk to people even when I was at the consulting a, a couple of years ago. I said, so how do you like working here? They're like, oh, yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm happy. I'm like, I'm looking at them going, they don't look like the picture yeah. of happiness to me. <laughs> and, yes. You know, you have to go like ask a couple more questions. They're like, well, you know, there's this one manager that, uh, but you know, it's like, I don't think sometimes we want to acknowledge our negative emotion. And you just mentioned something prior that's important that you want to be positive. You know, let's just look at this in the positive bent. Yes. There can be a time where you're putting on that positive face or pretending it's positive without saying, okay, yes. let's tell the truth of what things yes. where we are right now. Yes. So we can yes. create the positive. And your, your body will tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. I love that example. I love that example. <laughs> yeah. So now you begin to realize, okay, this is not a positive situation. I've now acknowledged it. Uh, I'm now going to pay attention and, and not focus on the problem. Say, okay, here's the problem. Now what's next steps? start to move towards those next steps. Yes. What might be some of the potential things that might try to drag you back? So problems, right? <laughs> right. The same problems. things that the same things that popped up to begin with. Right. So we're guaranteed to experience failure and problems, right? It's a guaranteed part of our human experience. So, you know, mental toughness, and relentless solution focus doesn't guarantee that you're not going to experience problems in life. But what it allows you to do is be better able to attack those one solution at a time. So I mentioned the, the importance of training your brain. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I would be doing a disservice if I didn't give you guys at least a piece of how to do this, right? Because I've given you a great pep talk, hopefully about, <laughs> you know, you want to be focused on solutions, but can I get into a little bit of the training? Yeah, go and for I it. Do this, I can do this quickly. So the success log is one of the two training tools in the book that we talk about, but the success log is one of the first things that we do with all of the clients we work with. The success log is designed to help rewire that brain so that the problem centric thought is no longer the norm. Okay. So when you do the success log on a consistent basis, so daily, no less than three days a week, and it's only going to take you a minute. If you can devote one minute of your day to completing this success log, you will see dramatic improvement. So here's what the success log entails. Three questions. Question number one, what three things did I do well in the last 24 hours? So you just write down on paper three things that you did well in the last 24 hours. And these don't have to be huge. These don't have to be curing cancer. Maybe you got your workout done for the day. Maybe you spent uh, 10 minutes of quality time reading to your kids before bedtime. Maybe you, um, you got into the office a little bit early and made two extra phone calls, right? Just the little things that promote your personal or professional well-being. So write down three things I did well in the last 24 hours. Question number two, what is one thing I want to improve tomorrow? So instead of where our brains want to go, which is what did I screw up today? You know, what am I still missing? Where am I still falling short? Mm -hmm. Question number two asks you, What's one thing I want to improve tomorrow? Keeping our minds focused on improvements, which is another way of saying solutions, on a consistent basis through our success log. And then question number three, what is one thing I can do that could help make that improvement? 
Mm. Now that question should sound a little bit familiar because it's very similar to that RSF question, that relentless solution focused question, which is what's one thing I can do that could make this better. Mm -hmm. But question number three in your success log asks you, what's one thing I can do that could help make the above improvement? So mm -hmm. for example, maybe the one thing I want to improve tomorrow is I'm, I'm really behind on work because I'm working from home. My kids are, are working from home too. And I didn't get through all my emails that I needed to. So one thing I want to improve is get through the emails that I missed yesterday. One thing I could do that could help make the improvement. I'm going to move my office out onto the deck tomorrow. So hopefully my kids won't be as much of a distraction. Something, something simple and concrete, right? Don't the same, same principle applies as attacking all of your problems. Don't worry about solving it in its entirety. Just try to move your problem, move your solution up by one. Mm -hmm. So one more time, those three questions. What three things did I do well in the last 24 hours? What is one thing I want to improve tomorrow? And what's one thing I can do that can help make that improvement? So mm -hmm. let me give you one more reason why this is so important because I this is, will really help you. If you will commit to doing this, answering those three questions, take no more than a minute to, a day to do it. I promise you, you will see dramatic improvement. Remember that expectancy theory that we talked about earlier, that which you focus on expands. We're not naturally very good at focusing on what we do well. But the more we focus on what we do well, the more that builds our self-confidence, the more that drives us to perform better. So forcing ourselves, and you're gonna have to force yourself because it's gonna feel weird at first, to identify three things that you did well on a daily basis, that in and of itself is going to create dramatic improvements in your life. Wow. Dr. Ellen Reed, that is so fantastic and such great advice. It's interesting. My mentor said 10 years back when we worked together, she said, okay, give me the three top successes. I'm like, success? What are you talking yes. about? Yeah. Yeah. The, the question was like so out of left field for me. Yes. Because no one ever. And I think it yes. is kind of the way our culture is built to focus yes. on only the negative. Exactly. Yes. You know, and then you yes. don't ask your employees. So what did you succeed in? Succeed? Yeah, yes. I love this. This is yes. so, I hope, I'm going to start doing this. And I, I do, hope everyone Do else. it. Yes, yes, yes. If there's one thing that you take out of this episode, anybody listening, I hope it's that you will write down your success log on a daily basis. Maybe just start with the first question. Three things you did well on a daily basis. If you just do that much, again, you will see significant improvements. Well, I have to thank you so much, Dr. Ellen Reed and Dr. Selk, uh, for writing this wonderful book, Relentless Solution Focus. Where can they get a copy? Find out more about both of you. How can they do that? Thank you. So you, the book is available for pre-order now. It releases in January. So go to RelentlessSolutionFocus.com, RelentlessSolutionFocus.com, and it'll take you right to be able to pre-order it. And you can find out more about us there or at JasonSelk.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I just have to thank you again. This has been wonderful information. I know will improve the lives of all of our listeners and viewers. Thank you, Dr. Ellen Reed, for coming out today. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. If you liked this episode, please share. To hear more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to lifeunscriptedradio.com. To become a guest or participate in paid sponsorship, email us at christinalifeunscriptedradio.com.